Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your own business. Hi everyone and welcome back to a fresh episode of Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm delighted to be joined by Jeroen Courthout today. Jeroen is the co-founder and CEO over at Salesflare, an intelligent CRM built for small to medium businesses selling B2B, used by thousands of agencies and software as a service companies. Salesflare itself was founded when Jeroen's co-founder Lievin wanted to manage leads for their own software company in an easier way. They didn't like keeping track of them manually and built Salesflare which pulls customer data together automatically. It's now the most popular CRM on Product Hunt and top rated on review platforms like G2 for its ease of use and automated features. Jeroen, a very warm welcome, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, my friend. Looking forward to chatting with you. And I know today um, the main topic of focus is going to be how to compete with giants as a Mm -hmm. small business, which I'm sure a lot of people are going to be interested in some of the tips and um, advice and strategies you've got I certainly am on how we can overtake because I think in all of our industries especially when starting companies we we look at these big brands when we perhaps do a google search and we we see them come up Mm -hmm. and we think how the heck are we going to compete with them Uh, it's going to take me years and years to actually have a chance of getting these kind of customers so it'll be interesting to to see the tips and tricks that you can share with us today and um, the takeaways that we can learn from your good self before we get stuck into that Yaroon give us a quick snapshot of yourself tell us um uh, a, a bit of your background. Tell us why you started Salesflare and how, how that came about. Yeah, um, very short. Um, previous to Salesflare, I worked in a marketing consultancy slash agency um, okay. that used Salesforce internally. Um, Salesforce was sort of my very first CRM, so I, I, I took using it very seriously. Um, people told me that would help me organize my sales, so I I really tried using it for sales follow-up, but I just didn't manage to make it work for me so well. And it actually didn't really work for any of my uh, my sales colleagues either, I must say. Our, our CEO loved it for doing reporting, and I'm, I'm sure he still does. Uh, but we, the salespeople ourselves, we didn't really get much further than entering our, our sales opportunities in there. It just didn't really help us sell. So it didn't make sense for us to use it for more than management reporting. and. I, I didn't really do anything with that insight for a few years um, until I was working with my co-founder Levin on another software company. And we had a ton of leads to follow up. And I, I knew Salesforce wasn't really going to help us with that. Um, so we had a good look around and we tested different CRMs. But all of these CRMs sort of failed time and time again uh, at the same point, And that was us uh, because we didn't really manage to fill them out like we were expected to fill them out. Um, we didn't really have the discipline to sort of be these perfect data input robots. The software expected us to be uh, this yeah. kind of robots, but we we weren't. And 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 we thought, well, most salespeople aren't. Um, and that's when we figured that it doesn't really have to be that way, um, and that we could build a system that isn't dependent on us to do the data input. And that also actually helps us to follow up uh, and make more sales. So we figured that the things we and everyone else were inputting into our CRM 
were basically information that was already available in other places, so like in, in your emails, uh, in your calendar, in your phone, uh, in social media, company databases, email tracking, uh, web tracking. And all we needed to do was surface that information, connect it automatically, and then offer it back to you in such a way that you can sort of curate that information in just a few clicks. Um, and that's when Salesforce was born. It's uh, it's an intelligence CRM that's built on top of existing data and that organizes that data automatically. So you don't need to fill out the CRM manually. Uh, it's also a CRM, back to my point before, that actually helps you with follow following up your customers um, by keeping track of everything, providing a great overview, and even automatically reminding you when a, a certain customer needs follow-up. Awesome, man. So um, I think I speak for a lot of salespeople, perhaps not everyone here, when I, I certainly know for one, I hate entering data into a CRM. It's, it's the bane of my life. Quite often I forget to do it, especially if I'm out and about and an inbound lead comes in on my phone. So I pick it up, I might give them a call or mm -hmm. give them an email. And then I'll think a couple of days later, oh, damn, I forgot to enter that into my CRM. I probably shouldn't share with everyone what CRM I'm actually using because I'm almost a bit embarrassed about what I'm actually using to manage my leads. And uh, that's, that's, that's what we'll perhaps talk about a bit later. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, yeah, it's a great point because we, we're all, not every sales profession, but we're all guilty of kind of leaving it to the last minute and having, like you said, really complex CRMs that just take so long to fill out. It's, it's quite often the bane of our lives and a chore when we want to be focusing on revenue-based tasks so we can hit our targets and, and get sales flowing. So yeah, interesting exactly. point, man. Um, what was it like um, kind of going into an industry? Because there's a lot of CRM providers, right? How how did you guys manage to, to, to break out and stand out from the crowds and, and start generating revenue? Yeah, so one of, one of the very first things uh, we thought was we're not going to build a CRM. Uh, we're going to build something new. We're going to build a sales platform. Uh, and that sales okay. platform is going to run uh, next to sort of a Salesforce and connect with it. Uh, and it was going to solve the issue that I was talking about for bigger companies. Um, but that's something that uh, the bigger companies were not really ready for. Um, they just wanted to fix Salesforce. They didn't want another system next to it. Um, so we had to pivot to smaller companies uh, pretty quickly. It took okay. us about... Um, a year, I think, to build the first version. The issue with having to build a CRM is that uh, there's a lot of expectations. It's not like you just built an MVP and everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's good enough. Uh, no, they compare with all these other systems out there and they're like, yeah, but this doesn't do that <laughs> and that. And then, yeah, the, the, the first customer that actually believed in uh, what we built was um, after, after a year, um, they had such a big problem with, with, they had Microsoft Dynamics and their salespeople really weren't using it, which was hurting their sales. Okay. Um, and they had read about us in, um, in an online magazine, a, a Dutch online magazine called marketingfacts.nl. Uh, right. And they had read that we offered something that uh, would, would, would solve that issue. Um, so they came to us um, after a lot of discussions um, sign a yearly check uh, and that's when when we got the first customer and actually i think the first few were either through things like pr um yeah. or they were through us uh reaching out to people within our network okay um 
we started off with doing customer interviews yeah um based on, on on my network and then going beyond that asking these people like who else should we talk to so we sort of build a, a small network that we could sell to uh and that's where most of the leads in the beginning came from apart from us getting in the in the press sometimes which as a as a as a early startup was uh was not too difficult especially local press uh was okay getting in tech press is is pretty hard that's uh, something Definitely. we never really succeeded we were once on the front page of TechCrunch, but that was not with an article it was a video because we were at nice. TechCrunch disrupt got it man okay so a combination of utilizing local press and also your existing network mm -hmm. which makes sense i mean you, we already know these people so why don't we start networking with them and generating some business um no that's that's cool and i i understand what you said when you said it took about a year or so i mean crm is a huge product to develop and yeah. i'm sure like um building many things there's, there's often stones you leave unturned or features that you forget about and it's not until people start testing these kind of products that you actually think oh we, we might have forgotten about this or we need to add this and all these kind of fun and games that come with it what would you say was one or two of the biggest lessons learned in developing a brand new crm and product and hiring staff and bringing it to market was there anything you could share that you learned that if anyone's thinking of going into business themselves that you could share with them a tip that might save them time or not make a mistake you did um I think some of the early uh, mistakes we made is uh, we tried to make some things um, too optimal for the user in the sense that uh, we we thought if we do it like this and this and this, then it will be so good for the user. Uh, but what we forgot uh, thinking about was whether the user would understand what we did for them. So we thought we're doing really well for them, but they were like, what is this doing? Yeah, <laughs> we don't we don't get it. Uh, so that's something that uh, in our very initial uh, versions, uh, we had to get out again. So we went from something that was technologically and logically like perfect. We had to bring it back a bit to to keep the balance with uh, with usability. Got it. Um, that's something that you easily start doing if you don't have a lot of customers yet and users. So focusing uh, on, on what your customers actually want rather than what you think they want. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and not thinking too much uh, from their use, usability perspective, thinking about we're doing something awesome for them here, uh, but not thinking it through in terms of like, are they going to get it? Okay. Uh, that's 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 was for us an, initially quite a big uh, danger. Then getting that first feedback is pretty hard as well. Um, so in the beginning, when you have nobody using your product, you need to beg uh, for feedback. Uh, now you don't have to do that at, at all anymore. Sometimes it's like, how do we manage all these feedback? Um, but in the beginning, you you best stay very close to your customers. Um, I see a lot of companies trying to uh, scale right away, uh, trying to immediately create a distance with their customers, uh, which is a really bad idea uh, because you, 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 you crave that feedback. You need it. Uh, otherwise, you cannot improve uh, your product. You cannot improve the processes, the way you deal with customers, the sort of customer journey they go through. Um, I believe you should keep uh, customers for as long as possible, as close as possible. Uh, so you can really find out how you can optimize everything and then slowly let things go like piece by piece. 
Um, in the beginning, I would guide the whole process with customers end to end. Um, so I would um, basically find the, the leads, uh, sell sales for to them, well, sell the demo to them, have a demo with them. Then if they were convinced booking a, a call or doing it right away to get them on the software, setting it up completely, which was hard in the beginning, uh, together with them, guiding them around, uh, then following up after that, you know, the whole thing I did. And it's and it's only step by step that we let all these uh, things sort of go. Not everything, uh, but for instance, uh, we don't, like, people just find us on the site. We don't have to uh, find them anymore. Uh, they get on the software uh, very easily, a few clicks. We don't have to do that anymore. There's all setup guide in the software that they can use to set it up. We don't have to help that much anymore. Uh, you know, all these kind of things Stow, go away. Automating processes, it sounds like. Yeah, cool. which doesn't mean that we don't like to stay very close to customers because uh, it adds a ton of value if you if you still do. Uh, it makes you so much more uh, nimble and understanding of what they need. Uh, which can make a, a, a big difference when you're when you're competing with with these big players. That um, let's say between the the founders or the C level and the customers, there's this huge distance, uh, and we don't have that, so we oh, better use that. Love that. It makes perfect sense. I mean, your customers are the one who are going to use a product. So it, it, it makes perfect sense that we should be talking to them all the time, getting their feedback, doing what they like, getting rid of what they don't like, and ultimately bringing, bringing more re revenue and retaining our customers. Because we all know for a fact that it's way more expensive to, to get new customers than it is to retain existing ones. So what you're saying is, 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 is perfect, man. Okay, so moving on, let's, um, let's get to the main topic of the show. Your own, let's, let's talk about how we can compete with giants as a small mm -hmm. business. So I'm sure there's a lot of um, business owners tuning in they're in their sector and they've got the the main the main brands that are perhaps pumping thousands of thousands into paid ads into seo into content into maybe tv media all these marketing streams and they're perhaps wondering how can i compete with these how can i can i steal some of their clients how can i get ahead of them yeah. and start generating more revenue and i believe you've got a six-step process right on how we can do this uh yeah seven yeah i can uh, seven step. Well, that cool, doesn't man. really matter yeah <laughs> no no, it's a, it's definitely a pain. I I I, I feel um, we have huge competitors uh, that are from like a hundred times bigger to whatever seven seven thousand times bigger uh, in terms of size, uh, and that's not just the teams; that's also the resources. Uh, so, like you said, there's a, they they can just steal traffic everywhere, get visibility. They have this so much money that it's it's very hard for us to compete. So what we have to compete on is 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 really listening better. Uh, it's learning quicker. It's moving faster. Um, and well, there's there's a few things you can do to to sort of make that happen. Uh, like you said, there's a, well, I can I can discuss seven topics. Um, so the, the very first one that I uh, very much believe in is uh, focusing on a problem, uh, okay. not a solution. Uh, I'm mentioning this uh, because I see a lot of uh, companies starting around solutions and um, these solutions are 
often not things that really stay around or that are not very uh, fundamental. Mm. It's important to, um, yeah, let's say build the product and build a company, not a feature or um, or you know, a small thing. It also okay. makes that if you if you solve if you focus on a problem, uh, that that can evolve with the market, uh, and you can grow as a as a product and as a company. Uh, while if you if you're focused on this one solution, that's very hard to do. Um, so we focus, for instance, on the issue um, where uh, CRMs are not being filled out, and uh, it, it, in general, more on uh, how salespeople need to spend a lot of time on things that are not really human stuff, not like what what, what salespeople are, are are hired for. Got it. Uh, so there's a whole lot of work we can do there. And it's not just that very initial thing where we connect some some data and organize it. We can go way beyond that and 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 make sure that we sort of keep that competitive edge. It's, um, it's interesting you should say this as the first point. I put a post on LinkedIn earlier. I've had Tara Weirake recently, recently, Jeroen. So last Saturday, I was up all evening, the whole night with an ear infection. Didn't get a wink of sleep. And I was literally thinking in my head, for it to solve this problem, if a doctor could give me a pill, I would literally give him nearly all the money in my bank account to make it go away. It was that bad. It was like someone was jarring a knife into my <laughs> ear. And I was, just, ah, I was just moaning and groaning. My girlfriend was next to me trying to get to sleep. She's like, Sam, shut up. I was like, I can't. It hurts too bad. Like taking all these pills and they weren't doing anything. And uh, I just mm -hmm. remember thinking, like, you see so many um, websites, messaging, ads. They're all geared towards how good companies are, how many awards they've won, um, how mm -hmm. cool they are, all these features and benefits. So I'm really, like you say, you got to start with a problem. So what actually you you fix? So in your case, your CRM fixes saves salespeople time, saves them the arduous task of constantly entering data because uh, it auto populates it. So we need to think about that first and, yeah. and work from there. That makes perfect sense, man. I like it. Yeah, and then and then to make that easier, um, it's good to pick a problem that uh, you can identify with. So that also means uh, picking a problem. Um, of people that you can identify with. So solving a problem for sort of your people. Um, um, choosing, that, 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 that immediately implies choosing a market um, and choosing a market very much uh, defines uh, the people you'll hang out with. It very much defines the people you get in touch with. Um, and if you really enjoy being in touch with these people, then that will make your customer proximity so much better. Uh, everything I talked about earlier, um, when it comes to being close to your customers, understanding them very well, listening better, moving faster. Uh, if you, if we, for instance, because I, I often had people saying like, oh, why don't you build this for real estate? There's, there's such a huge need there. I'm not really like a, a real estate guy. I don't particularly uh, enjoy real estate and all that. Uh, so if we would have built a CRM for real estate, I'm pretty sure it would have been pretty shitty. Um, we focus on uh, agencies. I used to work in an agency. We focus on, on, on software companies and on startups. And we can identify very well with all of these target groups, which makes that we can, uh, we can make an actual difference there. Um, I remember actually when I um, joined the Founder Institute, which is where I met my co-founder, uh, the very first day, the founder of the Founder Institute at the Oresi, he did a presentation and there was this slide where he said like, 
You can build this very fancy uh, used car sales platform that really revolutionizes that thing and looks super fancy and all. Uh, but in the end, you will place yourself in the used car sales market, uh, which means that you will have to deal every day uh, with used car salespeople, uh, used car sales buyers. Uh, you know, you'll you'll be enveloped by all that, and you need right. to understand that very well when you start this sort of company. Uh, it will define whether you feel uh, good and how well you will do and all these things uh, to a very large extent. Got it. So are we talking about actually being passionate about our ideal clients, our prospects, the people that we're going to be working with? So picking yeah. an industry or a sector. So in your case, you, you worked in agencies, so that's mainly who you target. Um, Why well, I target this podcast, I want to learn from business owners, sales mm -hmm. marketers that are smarter than me. I respect so that's, that's why I started this I'm passionate about I'm passionate about growing business online so yeah that that makes sense because I guess there's no longevity really if you're just looking at an industry you don't really care that much about so you're going to put less time and effort into it and the results won't be there it's it's sort of like when you uh when you go for a job as far as I'm concerned when you when you pick a job there's two things that are important one do you like the culture of the company where you're going to work so that's the second thing I said like choosing the people you want to you want to focus on and then, do you like the job content? Do you like what you're going to do? Uh, which is the problem you're focusing on. Is that something you enjoy? And if these two are a fit, then it's a good job. If th these two are a fit, then it's a good thing to focus on with your company. But if they don't, then you better look for something else. Got it, man. What's step three? Step three is, uh, uh, again, uh, keeping your customers as close as, as possible. Okay. Um, yeah. Like I said, um, if you start acting like a big company, which is which is something you you easily do as a small company, you sort of have this this complex like we're so small, nobody's going to believe in us, uh, and you you start organizing things so that people think you're a very big company. Mm -hmm. No, the problem is that you also lose your um, your uh, competitive edge versus big companies like that. Because you'll also start uh, treating uh, customers um, like numbers. While you can do the opposite, you can keep customers very, very close, uh, treat them as friends instead of numbers. You can offer them what, what, uh, what these big companies can't. You can offer them extreme personal care um, and you can get to know their problems um, and desires very, very intimately. Um, so, for instance, in our case, what I like to do is get on the support chat now and then. I'm not going to stay away from that. I, I even often in evenings, uh, uh, Taylor, who, who, who does support, she's not around. And I see someone having something urgent. I'll, I'll help them out. Cool. Um, I'll be active in Facebook groups uh, with our target audience. I'll connect with actually with every person who comes on Salesflare. Uh, I'll connect on LinkedIn. And this is all to sort of keep that very close relationship. Because when they do that uh, at not just at Salesforce, but HubSpot or Pipedrive, they'll never get that experience uh, that uh, a co-founder connects with them and, and wants to know how they feel about things. You know, so. A lot more personal by the sounds of it, which like you say, these, these massive corporate companies, um, I guess they're just not able to do it on the level that, that, you, that smaller businesses are, especially if you're a startup, then you can have that personal touch. Just like you right. say, you can support them live chat. You could probably hop on a call or a video call with them so you can really give them the next level 
of support so they feel like they're really looked after and there's some longevity so that's that's awesome man that's a really nice point yeah and and it, it's not just not just me but uh let's say you uh, start scaling a support team or a sales team it's very very hard the the, the larger that team becomes Mm. Uh, to train people in such a way that they can give stellar customer support to stellar sales. That's uh, that's something you, you still have very much under control when you're a, a small company. So you need to really capitalize on that. Got it, man. Okay, cool. So what's number four? Number four is uh, never skipping any steps along the way. Um, we discussed this shortly already uh, before. Okay. Uh, when we were talking about slowly automating the process. Uh, so, so first keeping customers very close and then uh, letting go, automating, delegating step-by-step. Uh, step. Uh, it's very important that you uh, try things first, um, optimize them, try to nail them, uh, and, then, and then sort of build from there. So the, the, uh, I, I like to say often, uh, nail it before you, before you scale it. Uh, and this applies uh, when it comes to automating, but it also applies to delegating. So uh, don't just automate things right away. Um, and before you understand how you would do it manually, uh, but also don't hire uh, people before you've uh, done the job yourself, because if you haven't done it yourself, it's very hard to manage people to do the job well or to even recognize um, who would do a, a good job at, at, at it. Um, we actually, we started Salesflare reading the book, uh, Getting Real uh, by okay. 37 Signals. Uh, and, and, and a big part of that book is also about that. It's, it's really from uh, starting small, starting with the essence uh, and, then, and then growing from there. Fantastic, man. I love that piece you said, never, never really expect people that you hire to do something you wouldn't do. So it's, it's, it's kind of like hiring a sales guy, getting them to run all these demos and expect them to bring drive all this revenue, get all these sales in. And if you've never sold the product yourself, if you don't actually know the sales cycle, the questions that clients are going to ask and how to kind of overcome objections within your product and all these, all mm -hmm. this stuff, it's, it's just not going to work, is it? If you, don't, if you can't help them with that, how are they going to know? No. no, yeah, and that's something, especially technical co-founders, uh, will easily do. They won't trust their own uh, sales skills. They say, I, I have never sold, sold before. Um, but if you, as a, as a, as a, you might be a technical co-founder, it doesn't matter. If you cannot uh, sell your product, if you don't understand why people need it uh, and convince them to use it, then you will not be able to hire someone uh, that will do it for you. Uh, you have the, the sort of the passion, you have all the, the knowledge about what you're doing. Um, so you should, you should be able to do it. If you can't, then it's, it's very hard to scale from there. I believe. Got it. Try it, nail it and build it and never skip the, the previous steps. All right. That's, that's it. We're just over halfway. We've got three more steps to go, my friend. <laughs> yeah. The next one is, uh, is, a. Uh, building further on this um as soon as you've done that uh let's let's say you 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 always do things manually and you never uh scale the things then that's not going to work either because imagine you're um like a, a seven person company like we are and you're trying to compete with companies that are at least uh, 700 people or even 40 or fifty thousand or whatever 
uh, that's not going to work. You need to be able to focus uh, really your time as much as possible with your customers uh, and focus your time on building value. Uh, and you can only do that if you automate all the other things away. Okay. Um, so don't keep yourself busy. Um, really um, automate things as much as possible. There's things you can use like Zapier. Uh, I'm personally a huge fan of, of building building Zaps. Uh, I think we have about a, a hundred Zaps running at Salesforce that automate just about everything we do. Um, then uh, there's obviously... Uh, Zapier is just connecting the different software products, but we ha also have a lot of different good software products uh, that make our life so much easier. Salesflare is a is a good one as well, obviously, um, where you automate a data input, you can send automated email sequences and all those kind of things. Um, and so give us a quick tangible example of that, Jeroen. So processes that might speed up things for startups um, or any, any ones that have particularly helped you. I know you mentioned Zapier there. So is it? Are we mm -hmm. talking about things like automatic emails? Are we talking about things like using templates for demos, or what kind of stuff are we talking about that automate that's actually going to make our life easier that we don't need to yeah. spend tons of time on? All of these things. So, so for instance, when we reach out to um, integration partners or potential partners, um, like agencies that that partner up with us, uh, that's all with automated emails. So what we do is we do some really good research on on who we're going to reach out to. And you have all kinds of tools to do that uh, in a good way. But then from there, we just load it into Salesforce and it starts emailing by itself until people uh, reply. That's one example. Uh, another example, for instance, for us to get uh, reviews, we have this automation set up that when people uh, give us a, an NPS score of, of nine or 10, that uh, they, they automatically get asked to review and then they go there. Our whole onboarding process uh, with people getting on the software, the whole follow-up flow is actually fully automated. All the, the little reach-outs we do are automated um, while being personalized. So we go as, as, far, as far as possible with uh, sending the right things at the right times. The first reach-out is always automated, so uh, we don't have to go in the go pull lists and then, and then contact people one by one. But then as soon as people reply and we have a conversation, then that's manual again, because that's where we really add value is, is in having the conversation itself. Understood. Um, so it's really focusing on what doesn't need us uh, per se, what, what, a, what a robot could take over and then, and then, and then organize it like that uh, and focus our time where we, where we add the most value. Excellent tip. Excellent tip. Okay. And number six, please, sir. Six is, is uh, a bit further on that. Um, it's very important to focus on what the core is, the core value that you bring. Uh, this is uh, a common thing in, in, in business thinking, but uh, what is the core value you bring? Um, and really focus on that and try to outsource the rest. Um, okay. You can do this on many levels. Um, when you start off, uh, for instance, with if you build a software product, for instance, um, then you need to think very well, like what is technically the core of what we're building and, and which things don't we need to spend time on? So for instance, uh, um, back in the day, you had to um, make every button in your software, for instance, 
uh, yourself nowadays, you just pick frameworks for that. Um, initially, when we started building Salesflare, our, our email integration, for instance, we didn't build it ourselves. We, we used an external system for that. And it was only after a while that we internalized that because if we would have done it uh, from scratch in the beginning ourselves, it would have taken so much time and uh, even a year, it wouldn't have worked uh, to get that first customer. So first we outsourced it. And then at some point when we decided this is really core technology, we started pulling it in. Uh, and this is something you can do on, on many levels. There's always thinking like, is this part of our core value or is there someone that can do this cheaper than we would do it uh, internally uh, and, and actually in a better way, perhaps? Are there, Yarun, are there any main focus points that you'd say are key for, let's say, startup businesses, um, as that's mainly what we're talking about, or new businesses that have only been going a few years that they should focus on? For example, should we focus on our main product? Should we focus on retaining our customers and revenue? Should those be the three things, or I might have missed a few? And then everything else, should we look to outsource or delegate elsewhere? Yeah, is there yeah any, that's, that's... any main points you'd say? You need to decide where, where you're building the value and then, and then, but if you want to generalize it, I would say uh, building your product and service is, is core and, and selling it is core. All the other things, not so much, but then within that, there are still things that you might say like, okay, but this is not something we absolutely need to do. Uh, and, and you can give that away as well. Got it, man. Okay. And the final tip, please, sir. And the final one is a very important one as well. It's, um, it's a bit like uh, in the... Have you, have you read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I think it is, by Stephen Covey? I haven't. I need to, need to get onto that one. No. It's, uh, it's, it's actually sort of the seventh point there as well. Um, okay. It's taking plenty of time to sharpen the saw. So like you yep. can be sawing every day and at some point the, the, the saw doesn't saw that well anymore. Uh, taking the time to sharpen it. Uh, what we do, um, for instance, on a, on a bi-weekly basis, is we have a, uh, a team meeting in which we see what went wrong in the last two weeks, uh, what went well, and then we, we try to fix what went wrong and, and learn about what went well. Uh, this helps us to always improve. Um, we also have monthly one-on-ones um, uh, with people to go through these kind of things, but more on a personal basis, not on a team basis. Um, we go through um, all the feedback uh, we received from customers also on a bi-weekly basis and prioritize that. Um, you know, there's, there's all, kind of, all kinds of processes we have running to always, always improve. Um, if you don't do that, it's very easy to... Um, get stuck somewhere with your business in a rut and 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 to sort of uh lose that momentum um or or, or things just just start going wrong somewhere you know nice one man so a combination of things it sounds like working with your team to understand any feedback or any questions or any problems that they've got working with your customers at the same time and um shopping awesome, yeah, for sure in terms of kind of personal development are, uh, are there any, is that one book that you'd recommend, Jeroen? Seven Habits of Highly Effective People that have helped you a lot? Are there any specific books or podcasts that have helped you with your business growth? Um, that book I, I read quite a long time ago was, was very interesting. Um, for business growth, I tend to listen to a podcast like Mixergy. 
in case you know it, uh, the SaaS podcast I often listen to as well. Um, and I started listening to indie hackers now. They, these are a bit more specific to SaaS companies, most of these podcasts. So maybe not directly uh, um, applicable, but good man. Well, appreciate you sharing the the seven tips with us. And uh, just just to recap, the seven step process to beat your giant competitors. So we've got number one, focus on the problem, not the solution. Um, secondly, we've got focusing on solving a problem for your people. So actually focusing on sectors or clients that you're passionate about, rather than just mm -hmm. going for any Tom, Dick, or Harry. Um, keep customers as close as possible. So we, we talked about looking after them as friends rather than numbers. Um, and like you said, if, you, if you're able to, because you're most likely going to be a small team, you can do add that personal touch, really like hopping on live chat, hopping on calls and really have, making sure your customers are happy. Um, four is, it sounds like refining everything. So never skipping a step and making sure you do everything nicely. Um, number five, automate any robotic tasks. So anything that doesn't actually need your personal attention that you can set up a robot or set up a system or a platform or a piece of software to do. Mm -hmm. Make sure you do that. Um, six, focus on your core values and then outsource the rest. So anything that you don't need to be doing that's not going to drive revenue or retain customers, outsource that. And then seven, um, focus on sharpening the source, so refining everything and making sure you're keeping learning, taking customer feedback and working with your team to, to grow the company. Awesome, man. Um, we appreciate you coming on, Yuri. We do like to, to ask everyone that comes on, is there one thing that businesses should be doing with digital marketing that will help them from today? Um, I, will, I will choose um, writing proper content when doing content marketing. Uh, I think what a lot of companies are trying nowadays is, is they're jumping on content marketing. They want to do it in a, in a um, cost-effective way, let's say. Uh, so they'll, they'll try to get a, a cheap copywriter somewhere. Um, they choose a topic. They'll say to the copywriter, start writing. Uh, and that copywriter might not necessarily know the topic they're, they're writing about so well. And they'll just read on the internet what other copywriters have written and then take that, uh, mash it up and, and uh, create more uh, crap content for the internet. I would like to, that to stop. Uh, it's not effective content. Nobody will, will want to read it. Maybe Google, I, actually even Google will not rank it anymore because Google will, will see that people are not properly reading it. Uh, and Google will say like, okay, this doesn't belong in the in the top ten or the top three or whatever. Um, so I would really, um, I would really people tell people to stop that and actually write about what they know. And okay. if you want to have content about stuff you don't really know, which is maybe weird when you have, because your blog should be more about like what you're what you're uh, thinking about. Then get someone else to write it who knows uh, knows about that topic, uh, but stop giving it to to just any copywriter. Okay, so focus on topics that you actually know a lot about, and then uh, anything you don't kind of outsource it to a professional that does. Is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Makes sense, man. Appreciate it, Yuri. Well, everyone, you've been tuning into Sam's Business Growth Show, where we sit down with business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We find out their story, how digital marketing has helped along the way, and their exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket yourselves and skyrocket your business. Yuri, we like to ask everyone that comes on, if you could thank just one person, either dead or alive, having a positive influence on yourself and your career, who would that be and why? Uh, I think that would be my wife, who is uh, always supporting me uh, on this journey. Uh, without her, I, I wouldn't have started this, I think. 
Awesome, man. That's a, a safe bet to pick as well. Um, appreciate it. So please tell us a bit more about how people can learn from you, how they can connect with you, Jeroen, and the best way to get in touch and a little bit more about your business. Uh, to, to learn about Salesflare, you can go to salesflare.com. It's sales and then F-L-A-R-E.com. Uh, uh, if you want to try the software, uh, there's a button at the top right that says free CRM trial or something or try it free or I don't know exactly. Um, and you can get um, anywhere between 7 and 30 days of a trial. Depends on how well you use it, you get extra days. Uh, to connect with me, you can get on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is a bit hard to write, but you, I'm sure you can find it somewhere when you're listening to this podcast or watching this on LinkedIn. Uh, there's only one person with my name, so I'm pretty easy to find um, as soon as you can type it. Please add a message uh, because otherwise I won't know where you come from and I'll, I'll think you're probably just another person who wants to sell me something. Um, did you have another question or was that it? That was it, dude. Appreciate you coming yeah. on. And um, everyone, if you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to subscribe on your channel of choice, be it Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, wherever the heck you get your podcasts. We've got tons of episodes of business leaders, experts, sales and marketing leaders from around the globe. So hit subscribe on your channel of choice. Otherwise, Yurin, really appreciate you coming on, dude. You're welcome. Are you tired of constantly hunting for new customers? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending lots of money on advertising, but your website is failing to convert all of your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of new customers. If you'd like to learn more about our unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you, connect with Sam Dunning on LinkedIn or book a free 20-minute consultation via webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales and business growth tips from the experts.